Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. Hello everyone, welcome to Healing the Spirit and welcome to this episode. So in this episode, I will be sharing with you some of my contemplations for the week of July 10th, 2023 and a couple things before we begin. As always, my invitation is for you to really tune inwards. I like to actually at this moment visually imagine a uh, an eye that has been looking outwards and I want to encourage you to turn it inwards and allow this inner vision, inner knowing to um, turn its gaze from the external into the internal and really feel into, as I'm sharing these contemplations with you, what is coming up for you and allow that information to be uh, the one that you follow and the one that you observe and even um, question or investigate. And the other thing I want to also encourage you uh, to do is if you happen to find this episode outside of the week of July 10th, 2023, consider that even though maybe the astrology that you are listening to this under um, is totally different than the astrology that I'm speaking to here, that maybe there's something in the message that's relevant for you. All right, let's get to it. So a little bit of an overview for the astrology of the week ahead. On Monday the 10th, we have Mercury in Cancer opposing Pluto, which is currently retrograde in Capricorn, and we have Mars entering Virgo. On Tuesday the 11th, Mercury will enter Leo, and then Mercury will square the nodes um, which are on the cusp of moving into Aries and Libra. So this is the lunar notes. And um, Mars and Virgo will trine the north node in Taurus. And then on Friday, we have Sun in Cancer, sextile Uranus in Taurus. So I want to begin by sharing a little bit of a zoomed out perspective, um, kind of an abstract of the thesis of the week. Um and this is just something that I intuitively felt and received when I tuned into the energy of this coming week. It feels very much like an Akashic perspective to me. So what I was receiving when I felt into the week was this idea that our body and the experiences that we have within our body provides the material from which the art of your life is made, right? The experiences you have in this lifetime they're not ones to escape from, but ones to actually dial and deepen into. The precise set of experiences that you're currently having, regardless of whether you like it or not, whether it feels desirable or not, whether it feels preferable or not, according to your mental conception, these sets of experiences are the precise experiences you are here to be moving through at this moment, right? And notice that what that is isn't a guarantee 
or a warranty towards some kind of ease, right? It's not a guarantee towards some kind of enlightenment, but it simply is an acknowledgement that whatever you are moving through is part of your path, right? Whatever you're moving through is undeniably part of the experiences you're supposed to experience. You're in a human body not because you are here to transcend, right? A lot of spiritual traditions that we have been engaged with, that we have um, been trained in for ages, right, have taught us about transcending, right? But consider the possibility that you are actually in this moment to alchemize. So what's the difference between transcend, transcending something or transcending your experience and alchemizing your experience? When we transcend our experience, what we do on an energetic level is we kind of float up, right, above the pain, above the experience and the preferences and what is in front of us, what we're currently moving through, right? Whereas when we alchemize, we do the opposite. We go deep into it, right? We get our hands dirty. One of the ancient alchemical process is um, fermentation, right? So like thinking about when you ferment something like pickles, right? Like when you ferment cucumbers to create pickles, um, there is pressure, right? You're putting it into like a dark jar. And when you open it, it smells kind of bad, right? Because there's a rotting that's happening. But in that rotting, right, you're actually getting deeper into the weeds of your experiences, right? You're putting intentional measured pressures into your experiences in order to see if transformation is possible and what kind of transformation is on the other side of this mysterious and probably slightly uncomfortable journey, right? Your pain, your fears, your trauma, right? They might smell bad, but you know what else smells bad? Compost, right? Compost for the garden smells really bad. And when we look at it from the perspective of the whole garden, there is actually no separation between the compost and the garden or the flowers, right? The compost and the flowers are part of the same garden. Without the compost, there would be no flowers and dying flowers create compost. So focusing on the flowers or maybe not seeing the flowers and getting mad at the fact that you're not seeing the flowers, that's totally okay. That's part of our experiences, right? But if we get sucked into that and we get myopic into the experience of not seeing the flowers and like asking like, why am I, why is my garden looking like this, right? It may really put you in a situation where you're missing the opportunity to look at materials, the abundance of materials you have that you can turn and shape into compost, right? Which in turn will be the thing that you need to tend to the plants, right? That will eventually create the flowers. So give yourself a little bit of space this coming week to really look at the whole garden, right? To look at what this compost material is, right? The parts about being alive in a body 
that is you, right, that you're currently having a hard time with, you know? And apply as much as you can a lens a lens of resourcefulness, right? And I'm going to further talk about what I mean when I talk about resourcefulness. So nature is really our teacher when it comes to abundance, right? When we when the resource we think we want um, isn't the resource that we have, we're always really invited to look at this imbalance, right? To address that imbalance. Resources are inherently neutral, right? There's nothing particularly good or bad about having certain kinds of resources and lacking another, right? When we think about it from the perspective of nature, nature just is, right? Nature is just whatever it is at that moment. And so when we're in a space of um, feeling the constriction of not having one type of resource, then in some cases, especially when we're not at a point when survival is at risk, right? It may really behoove us to take a step back and to look at all of the resources that are at our disposal, right? And maybe begin to reconceptualize, redirect the picture that we have in our minds around which stage of life we're currently in, around whether we're in alignment with natural rhythm of where we actually are. So I want to uh, speak a little bit more about this in detail, right? Because I know that can be quite abstract. So within our lived experience, maybe you're in a space in your life where your work life isn't where you want it to be, right? Let's say you're you're actually not in survival mode at the moment. Let's say you do have some money in your bank account, right? You don't have a super terrible or super abusive boss, but maybe you are growing aware that your work environment is not exactly the ideal environment for you. And you've been trying to change this work environment for some time, and you're kind of getting annoyed and impatient that the results are not coming through soon enough, right? It's easy in situations like these to get really frustrated and to feel like, I'm just going to do something really drastic right away, right? In my opinion, based on feeling into the energy and looking at the astrology of the week, this may be a really potent time to kind of shine a light on the whole situation, right? To really take a step back and look at the big picture and again, um, be aware of the moments where we use this act of stepping back and looking at the big picture as kind of spiritual bypassing, right? Or as kind of a way to transcend our experience because uh, that's not the point here. With the kind of astrology that we have is actually how do we step back in order to deepen into our experience, right? How do we allow that big picture view to give us more access to more fully experiencing whatever is in front of us? So what does that look like, right? One way to think about this is, what do I need to clearly take a look at the whole situation, right? Take stock of all the areas of your life surrounding this one area that needs a little bit of extra love and extra work, right? So if, let's say, uh, to follow the example that I was giving, what you're really struggling with is your work situation, you can ask yourself, 
how are your relationships, right? How are your romantic and platonic relationships with other people currently? What are your relationships with different parts of yourself look like at the moment? How is your home environment, right? Is your home environment providing the kind of structure that you need in order to really take a good look at uh, your work life, right? That you're currently um, mentally feels like the centerpiece of all of your problems. The idea here is that as you begin to really understand the whole ecosystem, rather than to force your will on the one thing that you're struggling with, you'll probably start to see that there are threads going through all of these different areas of life that you can probably really easily address, right? Why Why is this helpful? It's because it's kind of reminding me of an example that I like to use, which has to do with the body, right? So when certain parts of your body are in pain and you go to a body worker, you'll likely find that they won't necessarily go straight into the area that's hurting, right? A skilled body worker knows that the way to work with an area that's currently inflamed, right, or even injured, is actually to work with the areas around it, right? The areas that are working in tandem with the area that's in pain, but not exactly where the pain is currently felt, right? Because when a certain area is very much in high sensation of pain, of activation, of inflammation. Often when we work directly with that area, it doesn't always uh, yield the most um, productive results, right? The more effective way to work with the pain, even though logically we might be like, why aren't they fixing my, my knee, you know, or whatever area is hurting, right? It's actually to uh, work with the areas kind of around it, right? Um, and allow, allow exploration around areas connected to it that may shed light on why one particular area is really inflamed or really having issues, right? So you may find, say, I'm, I'm going to give another example, right? If you are a, a practitioner, right? Um, of some sort of spiritual modality. You might find yourself not getting as many clients as you would like to, right? Or maybe not getting as many signups for your program. You may simply be in a space where you are moving through really important shifts on a personal level that maybe it's really important for you to tend to your own personal process rather than continuing to move, move it out of sight by working on other people's stuff, right? So this is something that happens a lot, you know, that that I talk to with people who come to me uh, for readings, right, who are also practitioners themselves, where people ask, you know, why, why am I not getting new clients, right? Often the answer to that is actually really simple. It's um, maybe this is just a season in your life where you're supposed to tend to something within your own personal life, right? Not that you're not also always working on your own personal stuff when you are working with other people. But this may be a season where the spotlight is on you, right? And you might then really go into uh, deepening into this experience of the activations you feel when you squarely and directly look at your own experiences, right? On an astrological level, Mars moving into Virgo and then during the week, Mercury, right, which is the ruler of Virgo, moving from Cancer to Leo, 
um, is is interesting, right? And and can really point to some of these dynamics. Um, Cancer is the sign that is ruled by the moon and Leo is ruled by the sun, right? And the moon and the sun are what we call the luminaries in astrology. And when the influence of the luminaries are quite strong, we're really supported in shining a light into and looking at our stuff, right? Like really illuminating, like, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing right now, right? Mars and Virgo can get quite myopic, right? And yet, I think it can be really deeply counterbalanced or maybe even supported by Mercury that's in the sign of the sun, right? There's a sense here of really needing to balance between looking at the big picture and looking at the detail, right? And how the detail informs the larger picture and the larger picture informs the detail, right? This toggling back and forth between the two um, is, I think, really available for us in the energy of the astrology. So how can we work with our larger systems while also not losing sight and still deeply and carefully tending to the parts, right? I think it's kind of the question of the moment. So let's get even more specific. Let's break it down a little more. And I want to talk about this through the lens of Mars and Virgo, right? Mars and Virgo invites us into contemplating the materiality of our being, right? And the space that's available or not available for us to make adjustments. So some of the questions we can contemplate as we are in this soup of Mars and Virgo, right, is what material aspects of my being are ready to change? What material aspects are about to be ready for these changes? right, but not quite yet there. What aspects are absolutely needing to stay constant in order to support the changes that are coming, right? So when we think about um, rotation or movement, right, oftentimes even within our body, like if I want to move my arms, right, something needs to stay constant in order for my arms to move, right? Like my shoulder, right, needs or yeah my shoulder really needs and my neck really need to uh, stay in place right in order for my arms to be able to rotate if my whole neck is moving around it may be really weird for um, my hands to be able to move in rotation in the ways that I uh, want to be able to consciously control right um, similarly I like to think about how, you know, like even thinking about the movements of the planets, right? When we think about our solar system, like what we learn in like elementary school, uh, astronomy class, right? Or like science class. In order for all these other planets, right? To be moving in their rotation, in their orbit, the sun has to stay constant, right? There is something that needs to stay at the center of things in order for other things to be able to move, right? And Mars and Virgo understands this. Mars and Virgo um, has a gift of both precision, right? And also vitality and movement, 
One of my favorite humans in the world is my sister Sharon, who has been on this podcast before, on episode four. Um, she natally has Mars in Virgo, and from what I've observed, um, being in somewhat close proximity uh, with her throughout her life, right? She's one of those people who has the stamina and the appetite to learn a very precise system and then to be able to apply them in ways that are simultaneously dizzying and digestible, right? Digestible because Virgo has this ability to kind of break things down into smaller chunks that feel like they make sense. And dizzying because Virgo also has this ability to quickly arrange and rearrange physical and tangible materials around in such a creative way that others may be like, what? I never even thought of that before, right? When I think about Mars and Virgo, I think about how experiential learners like myself, right, really need to not just learn from the books, but learn from being able to materially move things around, right? Like I've noticed that sometimes, for example, in my own, I don't have Mars natally in Virgo, but um, I am a Virgo rising. And what I notice about Virgo energy is that oftentimes um, we need to, things don't really settle within our system until we allow ourselves to experiment with it on a material way, right? Like, for example, it's really hard for me to envision um, whether a particular arrangement of furniture in my apartment will work or not until I try it out, right? I'm not really the kind of person who can mentally project it into like, oh, this is what it's going to look like. But rather, as I allow myself to move things around, right, that's when things start to really fall into place for me. And with Virgo, we can really dial into the parts of our being that relates to responsiveness as well, right? So what do I mean by responsiveness? Virgo to me speaks to the ever-changing nature of reality, right? To the ever-shifting feature of our aliveness. Virgo is the moving target, right? Um, I think about Virgo as the ways that our bodies are always shifting, right? That it's actually a physical impossibility for our bodies to stay still. I think about Virgo as related to how the cells within our bodies are always kind of dying, right? And other cells are always mutating. Some other cells are birthing or moving, right? Like we're never really still. And it's interesting because we live in a culture, for example, that says you need to learn how to sit still. You need to uh, not speak up your mind uh, until you're invited to do so, right? And how this can be quite counter, you know, to the intelligence, the inherent intelligence of the Virgo parts of our body, right? That is the mutable earth that's always kind of constantly moving. This is where I think Virgo can be quite different from Taurus and from Capricorn, right? So Virgo, Taurus, and Capricorn are all earth signs, right? Taurus is uh, the fixed earth sign. It's ruled by Venus. And Taurus can speak more to aspects of our materiality that relate to delighting in being alive, right? The pleasures of aliveness, the fruits that we are able to reap when we have worked to really cultivate the stability that's necessary for the fruiting to happen. Capricorn, right? The uh, cardinal or sign is ruled by Saturn and speaks to the structures themselves, right? Capricorn is metaphorically speaking, all about how do we design the right pot so that the plants can grow, 
right? Capricorn itself may not be fully interested or invested in kind of the day-to-day tending of the plants themselves, but rather whether the structure and the conditions are solid enough and functional enough so that growth can happen, right? Capricorn is interested in, you know, is the pot large enough? Is this close enough to the sunlight, right? Is it getting too much sunlight or not? You know, is the uh, watering schedule appropriate for this particular plant, right? And then Virgo speaks to how the earthly material interacts with and is intertwined with all the other things around it, right? So Virgo speaks to the interconnection of being and also to all of the ways that we get to respond to that ever-changing environment, right? Again, it goes back to this question earlier of like, what's the health of the system like within this moment? And how does that impact and how is that impacted by the health of the individual parts, right? When is it appropriate to focus in on the individual parts and when is it appropriate to step back and focus on the larger system, right? Not that the two is ever separate, but when considering the balances and the nuances um, of our attention, right, it feels really important to understand when to know on a deep instinctive Uh, material level, when to step closer into the details and when to step back to look at the whole thing, right? Something to also address here is the necessity of taking appropriate action at the right time in the right amount, right? There's this mental construct within our heads, especially as folks who grow up in Western uh, educational system or Western ways of thinking, right? That if only we find the right formula, we can continue to be in eternal production, right? In eternal summer, in eternal blossoming all year round, right? But the reality is that sometimes our system is actually in a different season than what our minds would like to think we need to be. So as an example, you may be in a space where your mind is telling you, oh, no, 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 you're not ready to share your gifts. Stay small, stay humble, keep being a student. You're actually quite ready. You're actually um, quite prepared, you know, for um, blossoming forth, right? Other times you might be in the opposite predicament where your brain tells you, do it now or else you're going to miss a train, right? When actually your body, when you really check in and your intuition, it's like, nah, this is not the right time yet, right? We haven't quite um, have all the necessary ingredients and the necessary conditions for us to bloom. Cultivating discernment around what changes to initiate at this moment, when to make that change, how to create that change, These are all part of the Virgo work, right? And given that this is Mars in Virgo, I think there can be value too in kind of letting yourself do this change work in smaller, more manageable increments, right? Um, It can also be really important to be, to get real with yourself about what needs to, um, what needs to stay constant, you know, in order for the change to be implemented effectively, right? A mundane example may be that you've been out of your creative practice for years, right? And you're making a commitment to really working on your creative practice, like making the time for it, spending time dreaming on it, and etc. 
right? You may find that alongside this change, you may also need to bring awareness to what can anchor you through the change, right? You may find that you need to be really mindful of keeping your current sleeping schedule constant or maybe when you eat your meals may need to be really fixed in order for you to be able to explore this new phase in uh, getting back into your creative practice, right? And I think this can be really helpful for the more mental part of us too because oftentimes our reptilian brain, right, our thinking minds can get quite scared of making changes. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Because changes, no matter how joyous they, they seem, right? And how much we can be on board with all of the changes that we would like to make, changes represent some sort of death, right? Changes mean that the ways that we are right now are going to mutate. And we're not going to uh, ever be able to replicate this moment that we're in right now, right? And I think change brings an awareness of those things. And so it makes sense that we get scared of doing these things, right? And um, with Virgo work, it's important to remember that often things can only be flexible when another part of the system is solid and unchanging right? And vice versa. That some things can only be solid and unchanging when another part is really flexible and changeable. I saw a meme the other day on Instagram that says, measure twice, cut once, right? To me, this is such a perfect uh, expression of Mars and Virgo. There's a tentativeness that comes with the desire and with the drive for perfection and for precision uh, with Mars and Virgo. And at the same time, Mars is about propelling the propelling impulse, right? Mars is that which moves us forward, even if it means experiencing alienation and experiencing separation from that starting point, right? Um, the state or the relationships or the people uh, with which we've been safely entangled, um, but that may not be may not totally make sense, you know, for the new phase that we are uh, stepping into. Mars in Virgo may show up as this deep drive and knowing that something you've been brewing for a while, right, some project that you have up your sleeves are finally ready to be birthed. And if this is the case, I want you to notice your tendencies for wanting to do this perfectly, especially when we have projects that we've been wanting to birth for a while, right? Or desires that have been kind of brewing, cultivating under the surface for a long time, there can be this intensification, right, of the tendency for wanting to do things just right. Because it's been in us for a while, we want to kind of do it justice, right? This is, I think, where it can be really hard, you know, to do the things that really, really matter for us because the things that really, really matter tend to be the things that we've been aware of for quite some time, right? Often I found that it's a lot easier for me to follow an impulse that just kind of came up at this moment, right? Um, rather than to follow the deeper desire that's been moving through me for a long time because I've had a lot of chance to kind of think it over and mull it over and question things, right? That making a move actually can feel really threatening to the system, right? But I also want you 
Um, okay, so I just want to say that the desire to do it, quote unquote, right, I don't want to say that that desire is not appropriate, right? For some things, it it might well be, right? Especially when it involves a lot of things that can shift your current condition in a massive way, right? Like, let's say for a while, you've been wanting to um, buy a home, right? Or you've been wanting to quit your job, right? These are really massive things, and they have really material repercussions to your lived experience, right? So I want you to really check in with your intuition with these things, right? The question that I've been using is, is this level of preparation absolutely necessary? And if you check in and the answer is no, then my encouragement is for you to ask, what is then the minimum viable level of preparation that I need to engage in or engage with in order to feel adequately ready to do this, right? And get lean and mean and do just that, right? Do just the minimum viable level um, before you let yourself take the first step, right? Um, so really check in with what feels ready to be put forth, right? What feels ready to be put into motion. And then check in with your intuition around the level of preparation that you need in order to do the thing. And then follow that intuitive knowing, right? If it's been in your field for some time, the other thing you want to maybe also consider is, especially when it's, especially when this makes sense, is to consider it as like the beta version of that project or of that desire, right? Your first trial, your first step into this particular direction doesn't have to be the, the perfect thing, right? It doesn't have to be a dream come true. It can just be your first attempt, you know, to doing the thing, right? Trust that there will be further opportunities for refinement in your future. And that, um, that to me is also, uh, what abundance can look like, right? I don't think that, you know, I think abundance can be spoken of within spiritual communities as kind of this one-dimensional thing. You know, we think about abundance as like, oh, just trust, you know, abundance will come through. Sometimes that's true. But I think for the Virgo part of us, abundance can also look like giving ourselves the grace to trust that there will be opportunities in the future that we can do this again, uh, with refinement, you know, taking into account all of the experiences that we've had and letting ourselves uh, tweak it, right? So I want to share something personal with you at the at the very end here, right? Um, I've decided, some of you know this, that I'm a musician and I've decided to share music that I've been working on for a while. I haven't been doing this for a while. The last time that I actually shared music was in 2019. And I've also decided to release this music under my birth name. Why that is, I am not fully sure on a conscious level. But as I check with my intuition, that's what feels right. You know, I've been releasing music under my childhood pet name for a long time. You know, um, I've been sharing music under Nate Chi. And I've decided to share music under Jonathan Coe. And... 
I also want to share the track that I'm hopefully releasing today. I don't know if it will be distributed in time to all of the streaming platforms. If it is, I will be updating the show notes so you can find it. But I want to share also why it feels important for me to share it in this episode with all of you. It's not to flex. I don't think there's anything wrong with flexing (laughs) or showing off. You know, Mercury is in Leo after all uh, this coming week. But that's not the intention here. But the intention is twofold. One, I, I really want to celebrate this personal milestone with all of you because in many ways, sharing and making music are really my roots. And it's also been part of my human experience that's the most challenging for me, to be honest with you. I really get into perfectionistic tendencies when I share my music. I want it to be just right. You know, I want to do all of the things that are right so that I can be the perfect parent for my song. You know, like there is that part of me that's really, really activated when I share music. And I am actively working to dismantle that. I am actively, um, I am really taking my own advice here that I shared with you like literally a few seconds ago that I am checking in and seeing, you know, what are the, um, what are the minimum viable, uh, plan of action? right? That, that can make me feel ready to share this. And, um, and it feels like an edge for me. So I want to share this with you, um, to celebrate. And also the second reason is I want you to know on a deep level and on a very visceral level that me showing up week by week in this format I'm not putting myself as this coach or like this referee figure, right? Who's on the side watching you play the game of life, screaming encouragements or directions, right? I'm also in the game with all of you. You know, I'm also impacted by the astrology. I also have creative projects that I want to birth and that I want to, that, that I constantly move through these feelings of like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, is anybody going to respond to this, right? Is this embarrassing, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I just really want to share this with you. Um, so in lieu of like the usual music of uh, closing credits, which is also music that I uh, write, I want to share this song with you that I've been working on for a while. Um, so you can see I'm human too. And I'm a creative person who is moving through all of this and that hopefully some aspects of me allowing you to sh- to see and to witness that part of my journey is helping you to also reflect on aspects of your own creative process. So thank you for um, sitting here with me. Thank you for contemplating your week with me. And here is a song that I'm sharing with you today called Friends. Enjoy.